You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. back to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. This is episode 103. I'm your host, Christian Babcock, joined by Jacoby, the small buck slayer Gaylord, and Brandon Sanders, a.k.a. Huntworks, if you guys follow him on any of the social media platforms. and What's going on, man? Thanks for jumping on with us. Absolutely. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast. So That was one I'm... of the questions I had was, is this your first podcast appearance? Yep. I listened to a hundred of them. But this is my first one. That's so what I'm talking about. I'm very about. excited. So we thought we'd just bring you on and talk about some public land deer hunting, some saddle hunting, and just BS for a little bit. I mean, just pretty much what we do every day on every social media platform. Yeah, and just to get the elephant out of the room, that is not my deer. Before someone asks. Okay, before good. someone was, says something. I was literally going to ask about that. Yeah. Well, well who's that? Well, now we have nothing to talk about. Well, this has been a good podcast. I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> that's Christian's got a blank wall behind him. How is that? How big is that buck behind you? I have no idea. That, Dude, that was it looks like a, a time where he's never scored any deer. Like he's, we've got a. So they're living at the lake. So they basically just bought a fifth wheel and decided just to live at the lake, and a little jealous. But he's got a sixteen point in the um, living room in our living room, and massive huge deer in the living room of the house or the fifth wheel of the house so this is our house and he's like hey i don't want to put these in storage you want to hang them up on your wall like yeah sure and i started doing all this tiktok stuff and everybody's like dude that's a monster i'm making all these jokes about not killing big deer i'm like well actually they're not my deer we thought uh, we thought you were just being humble no it's like Uh, oh man i don't i don't kill deer and then you know you're just you got a freaking trophy room in there. Nope all the all the big bucks that are hanging up are my fiancés or my dad's. Hell yeah, dude! You know how awesome it would be if they had a sixteen point in the living room with a fifth wheel. That'd be so like redneck wow. heaven. He he thought about doing it, but the walls are not strong enough to hold it up. Like oh. just because any kind of mounting system you'd use, it just pull the cheap paneling off the wall. So he thought about it. I'll send you guys a picture when we're off here. Of it. Just get you Stop a whiskey whipping. barrel, mount it like that, and then no falls to the bottom of the about that? Yeah. But the way the furniture is set up and how the it comes in like mm-hmm. while you're moving it, there's not enough room. I mean, if I shot one like that, though, it, it'd have to just be front and center. So, oh, you got to move around it? Well, thanks, Skinny. Move around it. Yeah. <laughs> Too freaking bad. So, dude, tell us a little bit, a little bit more about yourself. You're, from, we know you're from Missouri, I believe, but kind of how'd you get, uh, how'd you get started in in hunting? Obviously, your dad's a big buck slayer. Yeah, and um, so when I was like 12, I went with him, uh, and I was terrified of guns. I did not want to go. It was just kind of like, hey, let me just take you so you can just try it. I'm like, okay. I was terrified to shoot the 22 250. I could barely hold it up because it was a, a bull barrel. And so he's like, just when the deer comes in, we'll stick it on my shoulder and you'll just have you aim and shoot. And uh, so I went with him and ended up getting a doe that year. And I was hooked for like one or two years. And then um, I just stopped for some reason, just kind of stopped hunting. I went like I'd hunt opening weekend of rifle season and then that would be it. And then I got a bow, um, shot that, bow hunted the year I got it, and then I stopped again. And it wasn't for any reason. I just could not get into it for some reason. Just the waking up early and going out. And then probably three or four years ago, I I watched a Tim Wells video. And I don't know if it was just like a, yeah, I don't know if it was just like a, you know, God telling me something or whatever, but I went out, I went and got new strings put on the bow and I went and shot. I shot every single day. Bow hunted that year, didn't get anything. I didn't really care. It was kind of going out. And then two years ago, I got a doe with my bow. And then uh, that same year, I got a, a buck with my, um, I shot, it was during rifle season, but I just, 
I've been hooked on it since since that day. And when I, I want to call myself a new hunter, but a beginner hunter, because ever since those first couple of years hunting with him, I've kind of been hunting on my own. So it's been a lot of just doing things differently than throwing on your orange and going and sitting at the base of a tree and hoping something walks by, but just how all of those guys hunt. And it worked then, and it probably still works, but I like to be a little bit more thorough with stuff. Do you still hate guns? No. God, no. No. I, hate the I was, I was scared of it. Yeah. No, I'm terrified of the prices <laughs> right now and that they're going to get taken away, but <laughs> oh. no. Dude, I, I really don't, I don't really enjoy like gun hunting and it's not because I don't like shooting guns or anything, but ever since I like 2016, you'll remember this Jake, when I was hunting at my uncle John's, I was using this cheap scope on a 30 out six and I shot and like busted my eyebrow, like from like here to here because the scope was just a piece of crap and I had to get right up in it. And ever since then, I do not like shooting things with scopes. And so it's, it's good because it makes me bow hunt more, but I cannot stand rifle hunting now because of that. Every time I shoot a gun, I get smacked right in the face. You're going to say then, something about it. Aren't yeah. You? Yeah. I am because it was like literally a week later. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't was it Dustin's? Yeah, it was at Dustin's, but you were dating another chick. Her name was like Shelby, I think. And you were going to go meet her like grandparents or something like that for the first time. And like, like a few days, uh, a few days later and you go hunting back behind where my mom lives and i go sit in a different stand kind of like a, a mile down the road maybe and all of a sudden you call me and you're like hey i shot a doe and i'm like okay let's go get it get in the truck drive up there to the doe where he had a, a drug out and when we get there like 30 yards from the doe there's a coyote just sitting there just tugging on the on the rear end of it right and i didn't bring my gun and christian rolls out shoots nothing happens shoots again nothing happens at this point he has blood like running down his face and uh i mean obviously his scope is off but it was like 30 yards and that coyote just kind of like sat there and looked at us and then just ran off and he had a a little bit of concussion but it was fine well and you're you're so mad too when like you're hurt (laughs) and so you're just like oh just getting really pissed off for no reason well it was amazing because like we he didn't leave that coyote alone for more than 45 minutes and it already had a like, or the, yeah, didn't leave the doe alone for more than 45 minutes and already had a coyote on it. And it was just like, wow. Greedy. And we've like, I think it was like three or four years ago, we had shot one and it was a bad shot. It wasn't me, but uh, we left it. It was like probably an hour before daylight. Guy knew it was a bad shot, left it all, all night. And then until like lunch the next day, cause he had to go do something and it was fine. Like nothing touched it. But then again, we've had deer where you leave them for a few hours and you go back out with lights and, you know, reinforcements and you get there and the whole back ends eaten out off of it. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it plays on like where they're at at the time because it can't just be coincidence that they just show up just randomly. Like gotta be something. I don't, I think so too. But when Jake, remember when you shot your buck on public and I'd shot a doe the same evening Yeah. and we went back the next morning. Cause obviously Jake shot a buck. We're like, we're going to take the priority on that one. And we go and look for this the next morning. We go pick up this doe that I had shot and I had already drug her like 200 yards. And I'm like, where is she? And I just see like a pile of like white hair, like 60 yards down into the Creek. And what was left, Jake? Some hide and like it half was, of it was a leg. The head and then the hide, and that was it. Like I don't even know where the rib cage went oh, to or anything wow. like that. It was all of it. It was insane. We yeah. thought it was a bear. We're like, dude, it's a bear. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, it might have been a pack of coyotes, but that was that was a lot of carnage for. I mean, I would think like two or three coyotes. I don't they'll know. they'll tear them up. There's a spot we hunt in uh, southeast Missouri, and the guy, the farmer, he always puts his cows like the cows that die. He'll put them in like the corners until he can come pick them up or whatever. And almost every time you're out there, there'll be three or four coyotes on really? like every time this last year that happened. And that's when we kind of decided we need to start bringing something else besides a bow out with us going to that spot. Cause coyote fun, hunting is fun and yeah. we could have put, put the work in on them. Enter in any tournaments you'd be, you'd be bringing home some cash. Yeah, that's true. 
I just don't have time to go as much as like I want to. Like usually when I go just during deer season, like we'll just like in between hunts, like or in the evenings, we'll just go out and just kind of snoop around a little bit. Dude, the best time to go coyote hunting is during deer season. Isn't yeah. that right, Jake? I think so. I, I mean, that's when I try to shoot all mine. We we used a call one time when coyote hunting in oh, like shoot. December okay. during yeah. the uh, the special doe day, and we were using like a fawn in distress call. And it, dude, it sounds like bloody murder. So okay, I want to put this out there. I'm pretty sure it's illegal to electronically call in deer, right? Like while you're hunting purpose. them. But yeah, we weren't trying to call in the deer. We were, we were trying deer to call hunting. in the coyotes. Like we had the we had the little speaker thing out there and the little tail that was just sitting there twiddling around and came up from behind us. There's like a group of three doe got within like 10 yards of that little, little tail thing and just started blowing and stomping. And like, it was about to go beat some ass or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, we're like, well, what do we do? They're like, well, shoot him. And I mean, we did, but I never would have thought that a coyote call would have called in deer like that. I didn't realize I, I, uh, uh, two years ago I was turkey hunting and I called in coyotes with a turkey call. Like, I don't know if that was what brought them in, but I thought it was, I heard gobbles. So I set up cause it was just perfect ridge where they were going to come that way. If they were going to come in and I heard walking, I was like, dude, this is crazy. This is my first turkey by myself I'm coming up. And then, um, three coyotes come right on that ridge. They come within like 15 yards of me. That's crazy. And all I had was my shotgun and, and I was going to try to one. Yeah. Oh, I was going to try to, <laughs> and I just had and they were on either side of me. So I didn't have a good shot. And as soon as I brought that gun up, they freaking took yeah, off. Dad skittish. Very skittish. <clears throat> so you talked about, but, Oh no, go ahead. I was just saying, going back to the gun thing. Um, I don't rifle hunt anymore, um, like for deer, just because, especially last year, I took my rifle out, and there was deer I would have killed with my bow, but they were so close with my rifle that I, I did not want to shoot them. Like, it just felt wrong to, this deer is at 25 yards, I'm in a saddle with a rifle. Like, this is not how this is supposed to go. Like, you're supposed to be in a ground blind looking over a field at 150 yards. Not how it's supposed to go. So I didn't shoot them. But that better, time, I was like, better man never, than me. Yeah, I am never <laughs> taking a rifle out to deer hunt again. Is it hard to Not shoot a rifle it. out of a saddle? It depends on what kind of tree you get in. So I had it, this tree had a bunch of dead branches and stuff. And I actually rested off of my tether. I stuck my hand in the middle of it and pushed it forward and then I put my gun like like that against the tether and like my hand and it worked pretty good I didn't shoot but I probably could have so do you think a saddle's better than a hang on like you'll never go back really I will never never mm -hmm. do anything else unless it's a ladder stand that's like set up already yeah but I will use my saddle for a harness but I, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I'm following yeah, you. Yeah. Instead of like a, like a full body harness or whatever, mm -hmm. but hmm. saddle hunting changed a lot of things, especially around here in like Southwest Missouri, like you're in some thick stuff for a while until like you really get into fall when stuff starts falling and you can just get up into trees that you'd never be able to get up into yeah. and set up. Like the old, and hang ons are kind of the same thing because you can just put your sticks wherever but even like when you're at hunting heights, you still have to have a decent amount of room for that platform to go out with a hang on like a saddle. I mean, you could be in like a little three foot section and the platform I've got smaller. So you could sit in between two trees pretty much use it as a backrest. And yeah, I messed around with it a lot this past year. Actually, so, I just sold it yesterday because I'm getting a new one, but what are you getting? The new Trophy Line Venatic saddle. Okay. Oh, I've heard bad things. It's like, huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, my, my buddy wanted to try it, and so I went yesterday, and we shot bows for a little bit, and I had my saddle with me, and he put it on. He's like, man, this is – he's a hang-on guy, like die-hard hang-on guy. He never wanted to use a saddle. He's like, I don't want to learn something new, and I let him try it on. I brought my platform and everything, and he's like <clears> – <throat> this is 
awesome. It's like, do you want to sell it? I was like, actually, I will. I'm getting a new one. So he hmm. bought it. Now, you guys saddle hunt, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, he does, but I'm thinking about getting into that that sort of thing this year. But it's just the initial setup cost, dude. It just, I don't know. I'm sure it'd be worth it, but it's pricey. Yeah, and do you use hang on? Uh, so Jake's a climber hunt, man. Yeah, like where man. we hunt, it's a well, I'm not. But where we hunt, it's like all these pines, like so that they're just like pencils basically sticking out of the ground. So it's easy for a climber. And uh, my climber's fairly light. I mean, it's an old, old climber, but it did the job. And uh, like we drew out for Kansas this year, and it's just like I don't think I'd be able to haul a climber in some not, of that stuff. It's not going to work in Kansas. So, I can guarantee. I mean, but oh, I had a climber use that a lot. They're they're comfortable. Like you can't go wrong. Like climbers are comfortable. Oh, I love it. I can literally sleep in mine can, all morning. Yeah, you could fall asleep for I mean all day long. But just where you're at. Like I spend more time trying to find a good tree where I can get higher than 10 feet off the ground. And like, like I said, it's so thick around here, just hauling that sucker in and clanking on everything and yeah. <laughs> hurting your shoulders. And like half the time I just leave it at the trail. Cause I was like, I don't feel like taking this sucker back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Went home and I bought a saddle. I ordered a saddle off trophy line. Hmm that's how my climber experiences have kind of been too. Like you'll be walking in, of course it'll be banging off stuff. So like, you're not being quiet, but the thing is with mine, like my climber's so old that like I had to like rig up some straps. And so it's like a, it's a poorly made backpack is what I try to make it into. And then the whole time I'm carrying it on top, like, uh, yeah, on top of my, uh, hunting bag. So I basically got to look down the whole time I'm walking and it's just terrible. Cause especially like early season, you're already sweating. Then you have to look down at your feet and you're just like, I'm counting every step in this trip and it's awful. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of misconception with saddle. Like you still have a lot of stuff you have to bring in with a saddle. Like you got to bring in a platform. If you're ballsy, you can one stick. No, and absolutely just have not. one stick. Are you but a one sticker? Any, no. Uh, no. I, I mean, I don't blame yeah, you. I want to try it, but then again, that's a very high startup cost. Like for all your ropes and the oh. safeguard you have to get, it's expensive to do that um but it's just so much easier like you can carry four sticks in a hand and while even if you have heavy sticks i bought cheap sticks from bass pro just some hawk heliums mm -hmm. and they're like a three-step stick they're like there's nine day difference i had an really? old gun sling that i wrapped around it threw it over my shoulder on the way in oh that's actually pretty cool yeah hmm. uh, platform i just took one of those gear ties and tied it to the like the top of my backpack and I'm like newer to the whole bow hunting and getting up into trees and stuff. And it was a life changer. Really? Like it just made me love it more. Just the ease of it and the comfortability and just getting in wherever you want to get into. But you say it does take a little bit, a little bit of time to get used to. Um, <clears throat> the, I kind of compare it to like driving like a manual vehicle. Okay. Like, the starting is the hard part and the stopping is the hard part. Yeah. So getting, starting up the tree, like with your stuff on you, your gear, how you want to carry it up. That's the hard part. And then the, it's not even really that hard. It's just, you have to do it a certain way. So you don't like risk yourself getting hurt mm -hmm. going from your stick to your platform. So this isn't something like someone could go buy it and then try to set it up for the first time in the morning. Mm, probably not. Yeah. No. Okay. You can try. Yeah. You can be hanging off the tree like, whoa. Speaking of those yeah. manual trucks, my very first truck was a manual. And uh, I remember this one time I was on a hill at a stoplight. Like wh whoever designed stoplights on a hill, like they can go F themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because, and this was like a high geared sucker. So I, I basically had to put the, like the gas to the floorboard and then just barely ease off of it, and then somehow also try to hold the brake in so I wouldn't roll back into the car that's, you know, this far from your uh, ball hitch, and it was just like, I'm never doing this again. So, of yep. course, my next truck's going to be a, a uh, an automatic, but, yeah. I love my manual, um, but especially hunting when you're – because you're never – like, you never seem to park on some, somewhere flat. Like, yep. when you go in the hunt, you're always on a hill or you're always in mud or something. And when you're on a hill and in mud, 
that's when like things get with a two wheel drive single cab. <laughs> yeah, short I, I know all about those. Yeah, that's what I have now. And you're just like, oh God, please don't get stuck. And you just yeah. give it gas and almost drop the clutch and just try to get out of there <laughs> as quick as possible. That's uh, awesome. Dude, when you guys were talking about climbers, Jake, I just, I couldn't stop laughing because I just thought of, we have a buddy who hunted out of a climber for like several years and he just bought a saddle this last, or he literally bought a saddle like two months ago and he's going to try it this season. I just couldn't, I couldn't quit thinking about Carol being asleep in his climber. He, <laughs> he gets him in his climber every day and he's like, I was like, how was the hunt? He's like, I don't know. It was only awake for half of it. And I was like, why? And he goes, thanks too damn comfortable. Well, there was one time that, uh, it was after a morning sit and we're like on our little rutcation, uh, that we take on that piece of public that we normally hunt. And we're like, okay, we're going to set till like, I don't know what it was like 10 30 or 11. Well, me and Christian meet back up and we drive down the road where he's supposed to be because we dropped him off that morning and, uh, 10 minutes go by and he's still not back at the truck or we, we don't even see him walking towards like down this trail. And Christian's over here. Like he's probably asleep or something like not worried about it at all. And I was like, I think we should go back there and look for him. Like, it ain't a very far walk. He was like, yeah, but it's hot. And, you know, we already know he's okay. And uh, so long story short, we wait like five more minutes, get out of the truck, go back there. And we meet him probably 100 yards from where he was supposed to be sitting. And uh, he, uh, we're like, you okay? Like, did you fall? Like, what happened? He was like, no, I fell asleep. You know, like, and it took me 15 minutes to pack up all my stuff. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Have you guys ever sat in one of those tree lounges? No, but I've seen or pictures. Seen Dude, so I mean, those, first those of are all, like a recliner. I'm going to Google that real quick. I don't think I know what you're talking yeah. about. They're a pain in the butt to get. Can we cuss? Like, just keep it halfway sure. decent? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tasteful. Um, the, yeah. They're a pain to set up one because there's like 20 pieces. But when you get up in there, and I don't even think I could hunt out of one because you're you're sitting like this. You're not sitting like, like that and your legs are hanging off. You'd have to like pull yourself up out of there, especially bow hunting, get up onto the bow platform and then draw back and shoot. Is this like, it? If you're rifle hunting, I don't know if y'all could see that. That's it. Yeah. That's, That's it. It looks like a damn gam cart. Yeah. What's a gam cart? It's, it's completely adjustable. You can adjust the foot, like the footing on it. They're really comfortable, but they're just. There's Wait. old guys. My father-in-law, he's like, you'll never sit anything more comfortable. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, it's comfortable, but it took 30 <laughs> minutes to set up. Carol would be snoozing. Yeah. That's the rifle hunter's paradise, bro. I'd be like, there's one. Just sit up. Yeah. Yeah. They could just prop up their knee and shoot and go back to sleep. I feel like that's what they have on high fence ranches. <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to be roughing it today, boys. No, they've got no. Here's what they've got: they've got box lines with heaters and a freaking waiter in there for you. Yeah, hi. Oh my, a waiter? Yeah, like actually? I don't know. I've never been. Oh, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I was I like, that's insane, guess. dude. That's so funny, Jake. I one day I was hunting. I was hunting with uh, Jordan, one of the three one of the three stooges we call him if you ever listen to the podcast. Um, And I was hunting like 400 yards in front of him and he was hunting uh, back behind me and we agreed to meet up at like 10 (laughs) and I fell asleep in the climber and I woke up and it was 1157 (laughs) and I walked out and he was like, dude, what is going on? I was, I was about to come looking for you. And I I was like, man, there was just a really big buck underneath me. I couldn't get out of the tree. (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> uh, the old tall tales. I, I promise he came in. He was right there. Why didn't you shoot? Oh, he it was, wasn't quartering the right way. Just couldn't take the shot. Uh-huh. He busted me. Sure. <laughs> he knew what was going on. Dude, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, so, do you mainly hunt private or public or a little bit of both in Missouri? So, technically, it's like all public um that place in uh, southeast missouri we go to it's my uh in-laws land um but i just use it to get onto uh forest land like okay. i don't really hunt the private much at all and so i just use it for access because if you come in like off the actual access you're looking at like 
two miles or I can take a gator out into a field and then, you know, cross the fence and get on the forest land just like right there. So mm. mo- mostly public, unless I get permission, um, like around where I live, uh, around the Springfield area, um, it's most of the time public. Now that world and record, rough. that world record non-typical is from Springfield, isn't it? The Missouri Monarch? Yeah. Isn't that around Springfield? I know the mounds at that Bass Pro. But yeah, that's probably just a replica, right? I can't remember where it was. I haven't read about that in forever. It's a Missouri buck. I know that for sure. Yeah, I know it's a Missouri buck. I just don't know. I, I thought it was St. Louis. It might have been. Because wasn't it more recent where they, they took another record or a suburban record or something here recently? Uh, don't get me lying. Sure. I don't know. If it's suburban, I guess we could call like Seek One or something like that. They probably yeah. Know. It was in St. Louis, and it was like a suburban deer hunter who took some crazy. Oh, cool. you're talking about the one with like the freaking 14 inch eye guards, and looks like it had pop. Like it was. I remember that. Yeah. one was super tall. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was crazy. Yeah, it was a monster. I I'd probably rather kill like a deer that's weird like that than just a giant typical. Oh yeah. Like, I promise. Do what? I said you promise. Oh. If they're uh, both I'll standing there. Both. It, no, if if they're both standing there and there's a hundred and I don't know, hundred and fifty inch just trashy looking, like weird looking buck, and then a hundred and eighty inch typical. So I'd you get two tags in Missouri, don't you? So two bow tags for okay. bucks. Um, depending on what county you're there's like like four counties you can't take a doe during oh, really? like archery or it's weird like that county that we're in in uh, southeast missouri you can't take a um a doe but if you go like 20 minutes north you're in a county where you can like it's mm. just like a little if you go on like missouri department conservation site it's like you can take this many if it's this color this many if it's this color it's really weird but um Technically, if I was in a county where I could do anything, I could get, I could kill a buck opening of archery, and then I couldn't kill another one until after rifle season, another buck. But I can kill a buck during rifle season. Okay. So you can take three bucks during deer season. Gotcha. But and then how many does are what's limited? And in some counties, yeah. Okay. I feel like, like that'd be really confusing for like non-residents. I, I haven't looked at that for non-residents. Really? I've not looked at like the does and bucks and stuff. I know that the non-resident deer tags are fairly cheap compared to other states, but I've not looked at what you can and can't take as far as, I'm sure the counties matter still, but I'm pretty sure you can get a, a buck and a doe for archery and then mm-hmm. for rifle. I got a question about Missouri public. Jake, you, 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 you'll be interested in this one too. Can you run trail cameras on public and can you film your hunts on public? I've heard differing opinions about this. So you can run trail cams. Um, if it's, I just read this the other day. If it's conservation land, you cannot film. So explain that. Like, so isn't all public land conservation land technically? No, so you have you have Forest Service who owns land. Okay. And then you've got like um oh gosh, like WMA spots, and then you have Missouri Department of Conservation. Okay. So there's like five different public land owners in Missouri. Like there's like it's it's we it's confusing. I don't even know all of them. Like, I know that the spots I hunt are mostly conservation. And then, like, southeast, it's the Mark Twain. So, it's Forest Service land. And all the rules pretty much apply the same except for the filming portion. And you can, but it's, like, $500 a day. What? That's insane. Why why, why yeah. don't they want people filming? You would think they'd want, similar to what the hunting public is doing, I, I don't want know. people to film. Yeah, I don't know what the whole deal behind it was. Um, it's in the same realm as the, like the whole, like flying drones 
type of deal, like not even just drones for deer hunting, but like drones in general, how you can't go above a certain height or you can't go over certain pieces of publicly owned property or whatever. I I don't want to say anything wrong, but it's in that same category as just like kind of a privacy deal. That's crazy. But uh, I just don't see how you could prohibit someone from filming on a public piece of property. Even you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's weird. Huh. I don't know if they've changed it. Like I remember, like all the Facebook groups, they were freaking out about it. It's, they have every right to. I mean, that's frustrating, especially people who enjoy filming their hunt. Um, but I've not looked to see if it actually like passed like completely through yet. Um, so I don't take that with a grain of salt on whether or not that's right. But I know that it was talked about and it was pushed. For that to happen hmm. and there's um there's core land here too that the army corps of engineers owns yeah we have some of that and too. yeah around the lake <clears throat> and down in uh like taney county area um close to like table rock and stuff um three or four years ago the conservation department used to rent out from the core so it'd be like you have a food plot like dude it was beautiful like just gorgeous hunting. You'd always see deer. Like you'd see enough deer where you'd pass on like a decent buck waiting for a good buck to come in. And then the last two years they've quit renting it out and it's just a desert. Really? Like, it is awful. Like if you if a spark flies probably gonna catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be the it's, worst thing. I, ever, probably. I got a picture on my Instagram um of the like it was the same spot just like two years di- difference. And it's blows my mind it's just sad because i feel like that's happening a lot they've quit taking care of a bunch of the land around here and so it's just real dry super overgrown not been burned in you know 20 years Hmm. so i got i started i got on a facebook group one time and complained about that because some wma's in oklahoma i had seen them change from like even year to year well they were burning right in the middle of turkey or uh when the turkeys would uh, start trying to nest, wasn't it? Well, that, well, that too. But um, mainly that place where we, like, where we used to go turkey hunting, Jake, and um, basically it was flooding. Like they were saying it was flooding, so they couldn't go do anything about it. And it was just like turning to crap year after year. And I put that on Facebook and was like, I was like, does anyone seem like? Does anyone else see around their area that WMAs are be- not being taken care of? Um, despite like record high license sales and you know record high non-residents like the the revenue is coming into the state and it just wasn't being taken care of and a lot of people got in there even like game wardens and stuff they're like you guys don't know about flooding and all the things that happen and i'm like no i I mean i get it and you guys they don't have a lot of resources to start but it's like that's frustrating you know what if that's your piece of public that you're gonna hunt and it's just a dump well and like you don't have to be like you know ass about it just Tell me why. Like, just right. say, well, Blood? here's the reason why. Well, like, it, it probably kind of hurt their pride, which I can see in a sense. Like, if you're trying to, I mean, if you put it on Facebook, you're kind of putting it for the whole world. So I kind of see their point, like, instead of just direct messaging. But at the time, I think what really set us over is we had, uh, like, in one of these uh, pieces, we had a bird roosted. And then all of a sudden, a convoy of, like, seven trucks and 13 guys hopped out. And we're like, oh yeah, with dogs. We're, yeah, we're gonna go run the dogs and uh, try to try Get to catch hogs. some pigs and stuff like that. And she's like, I don't think you're supposed to do that during not this during season. deer or turkey yeah. season. Yeah, it's illegal. Yeah, and we even called the game board and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, we're really gonna try to uh, have to set up and uh, catch those guys because we got a lot of complaints about that. And it's just like, and I'm well, like, they're here right now. Yeah, if you come get them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. we're busy. Like, Here's your sign. You know, it's just like, oh well, yeah, I'm with my kid. And and it's like, I get it. All things being legal, that's the worst part about public is you get so frustrated. I got out there two hours before daylight, got set up, looked good morning, wind's perfect, and then like 10.30 rolls around, and here comes Bubba and all orange with his 30-30 walking down the trail, making a bunch of noise. And then like you, you're so like frustrated, but it's public land. Like, yeah. People can do whatever they want to. It's just, I don't know, a little bit of respect. 
wouldn't you encourage people though like i always think if uh if it's daylight and i'm walking into a new area and i'm just trudging through i want to be like I want to walk not only to scare, not scare stuff away, but two, if there was someone else hunting that I would possibly be able to see them and kind of back away and not mess their stuff up. You can do that. And I yeah. feel like people yeah. just don't Let really act that way. I want to, I want to create something where, you know, those little QR codes that they have, like, where you like scan it and you like put your name in there. Like, Hey, the, I was here and like a big group or whatever. If somebody was smart enough where they could create that, or you scan like your conservation department, sign as you're walking in saying hey i'm on the northeast end so uh, anywhere else but over there somebody could scan that and be like oh okay he's over there i'm not going to go over there and if they do go over there then it's like they just did it on purpose like you know yeah i see that but then but then you'd almost have to put like your fate in other people's hands because let's say I didn't put in the work and go scout or anything like that. And then kind of like you're saying, Billy Bob Joe goes out there and checks, checks the QR code and then sees the majority of people on the North side. And he's like, Oh, that's probably where most of the deer are. So I don't yeah, know. That's true. But I mean, in my head, I know night not like this. If you're walking in and you have, let's say you have a North and a South end of this piece of public. Mm-hmm. If I, if me and my buddy are going in or somebody else is going in with me, I'm like, I will be over here. You stay on this side of the road. And that's how everybody I know hunt. Yeah. See, like, but you're a good guy and you have what's called ethics, good ethics. And yeah. there's some people that just can't comprehend that. And, you know, so I, some people, I, it's, like, been, yeah, I, it's like a thumbs up when they see another truck. They're like, that's my spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I had a guy last year, me and my brother went out during rifle season, went out to this really good spot. Like I had not seen any deer there, but it was just like, Hey, let's just go out and sit. We know it's pinch point. So he sat like a hundred yards past me and I sat up here. So if something came from either direction, one of us would be able to shoot without shooting over each other. So we start walking in, getting our stuff on. He was up in a tree. I just sat on the ground. And this guy starts walking in behind us. He pulls over and parks and starts walking in behind us. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, this is not a big piece of public. And there's two dudes walking in here. So we keep walking, keep walking. Like, maybe he's going off, you know, wherever. Like, we're, maybe he'll just keep going off that way. He wrapped around and came up behind us oh, and no. stopped my brother. Yeah, he stopped my brother and was like, what are you boys doing? And we're like, we're hunting. That's exactly what we're doing. And he's like, I've been hunting this spot for four years, never had anybody else in here. And I'm like, well, there's other people in here. I was like, if you're the only one that's hunting it, you need to pick it for trash because you got trash (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, I guarantee you're not the only one hunting this because right off the road, it's an easy walk in. And he's like, well, I'm going all the way up to the top. I'm like, okay, that's fine. We're sitting right here. And he just, he kept going. Like, if I was in that situation, one, I wouldn't even be walking up behind that dude. And two, like, I would have, I don't know. Again, goes back to the ethics thing. Just some people are just different. I would have just left. Wouldn't even mess with it. He had that sense of of ownership on a public piece of land, which not supposed to have. But, yeah, it is what it is. It sucks. It sucks running into those type of people. But Yeah, it's frustrating, like. You guys know, you put in the work scouting, you find this awesome piece of public. You're out there scouting, you're out there every other weekend, checking different spots on this. You never see anybody else out there. And then you bow hunt up until opening weekend rifle season, and then it's like just a flood of people there. Orange Army, They all show up, (laughs) and you're like, man, all this work I put in is going to be ruined from these guys just tromping in here, finding a wide enough tree where they can put their back on and sit. Not all rifle hunters are like that. Not saying that by any means. It's just, it gets you a little boiled up inside. So what we're going to do is we're going to clip that and then we're going to mark off or uh, edit it where you don't say that and then just post okay. it on TikTok. Like, That's fine. Yeah. I don't care, dude. <laughs> I don't care. Have you seen my videos? Oh, of course. Uh, I've seen most of them with the spotlight and stuff, but other than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't care what people think. And it's all jokes. Like the only thing that I'm oh, like yeah. halfway serious about is the high fence 
situation. I knew, I knew that's what you're about to say. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, man. I know somebody personally who just recently went hunted a high fence for an odd ad. And I, I would do that like exotics. I think that'd be fun mm-hmm. because you're pretty much just like, it's just like cows. You're just, Hey, we have to get rid of this many every year. Once they get a certain size, we take them to the butcher, except the butcher's you and you just get to hunt them. And he said it was the worst experience of his life. Oh, really? Yeah. Just because after the shot, it ran into a fence ah. after it was shot. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I It's a game. It's a sport. Like, I, I just I don't think I could do it. I just don't think I could. To each their own. Like, people can do, thankfully, we live in the States, and you can do whatever you want to do. And yeah, you don't, you don't have to yeah, care. It's a free country. Don't, don't take what I say and, like, don't do it because of me. That's just my opinion. Somebody got to that animal before I did. Like, yeah. What run That's it for my me, whole thing. What run it for me was um, I, I was thinking about doing it for like an axis or like you're saying like some exotics. And and by the way, if someone gave me a free whitetail hunt on a high fence, I would do it. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100%. I would do it. But if they give me for I free. I talk crap just because I can't afford it. You know what I mean? For free. <laughs> I wouldn't do it yeah. if I could afford it. But if someone gave me for free. But what run it for me was I was watching this this big ranch in Texas and these guys got out of like a, a PJ, like a private jet. And that's that's cool. Private jets are cool. But this guy walks up, um, he's filming over the shoulder, like for an Instagram story. And the guy's like seven yards from an elk. Like in Where the was middle, this? this is in Texas, like in the middle of an open field, like seven yards away, he just walks up to it with his bow. He just pulls back and the elk is like eating and just like looks up and it's like, oh, cool. And then like puts his head back down and starts eating seven yards. He shoots it. And then the next story is him just holding it. He's like, got his first elk. And I was like, dude. The animal is seven yards away in an open field. That's like disgusting. Yeah. And you see that, or you see like the suburban deer hunting, that's a whole different story. Like it, it's different. It's not your public land, de- whatever you want to call it, deer hunting. Like you do your scouting by putting cameras up and getting permission to hunt somebody's backyard. And these deers are giant. But a lot of those videos you see, those deer they don't spook very easily. It's like, oh, this guy's in a tree instead of just walking on this trail. You know, it's just like you said, to each their own, just different. So it's I think weird. I would rather give a whack at like the suburban hunting because I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, from what from what they were saying was as soon as, so you can see a deer from the porch of this, let's say multi-million dollar house. Right. And 20 yards in, they got, you know, a thicket into the woods and they see deer in there. Well, if a deer sees the person on the porch, it's not really scared. It's used to that. But he was saying that if a deer sees you in the woods or catches your scent or something like that, then, then he knows something's off. Hey, this isn't normal. And then, you know, that, that automatic mindset of the white tailed deer starts kicking in. That's the way he described it. He's like, oh, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. I, I would do suburban hunting. I mean, I, I would do that day and night. I think that'd be fun. Just something different, you know, something cool. It's a different, you got to think of different things instead of thinking about where are the deer going to come in. You're like, where are people going to be walking through during the day? Through yeah. here? Like, could, could you imagine what, those? Where can I set it? my stand where, yeah. you know, nobody's going to be mowing, you know, a <laughs> hundred yards from where I'm sitting. And yeah. I would do that. I think it'd be fun. And there's places that need it where like these multi people have a lot more money than me. Or like, I'm tired of these deer eating my flowers. Yeah. Like I wish I could just, you know, I could put a stand up right there and shoot a deer in your backyard. If you want me to actually mow grass in some of these, uh, multi-million dollar, like housing communities. And I don't know if I would eat those deer because I feel like they're so inbred and stuff. Like, oh Yeah. I just feel like they'd get into a whole mess of chemicals and stuff like that. And like some of them just look like nasty, right? Like some of them are like skin and bone and I'm sure they're they not get, very big bodied either. Yeah, no, no. They're like the size of, I got a labradoodle and it, they're about the same size and it's yeah. just, it's just weird. You know, like, I don't know if I would trust eating that. I would love to see like a research study on that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's take a deer from Missouri or wherever 
that's on this piece. It's not anywhere near a big city. And it's all natural eats acorns and whatever. And then let's take this deer, same age, whatever. And it's been living its life behind a neighborhood. Let's see like what they've been eating, what their health is like. Cause I'd be very curious. Are they drinking like cool water when they're thirsty? Like they could be, that's, that's are they, point. are they getting into your seven that you threw on all of your, your plants to keep the, you know, Japanese beetles away? Like, what does that do to them? Yeah. All the yeah. runoff from the streets. I mean, it'd be interesting. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money to do it, but that'd be interesting to see. Sounds like Bronson Strickland needs to take a stab at it. That's facts. <laughs> Dude, I, no, I got but, to hunt him in the coves, Jake. With Justin, you? yeah, we got invited to go hunt in one of those like gated neighbor or communities because there was too many deer, and it was it was an interesting experience because uh, we were seeing them, but like they were we just couldn't get close enough to them, and the guy was like, "Oh, you're not having any luck here. Let me help you." He takes a five gallon bucket, <laughs> he walks into his his uh, <laughs> into his garage, he scoops a deal of corn, and he goes. And start shaking it, and you just see heads pop out of the grass. They're like, "Oh just, my god!" And they just like slowly start walking into his driveway. And I'm like, "Is this real? Like these are pets. <laughs> these are not deer." And I looked over at my uncle, and we were like, "No, we're like we're not doing this." And it was it was crazy too because I would draw back on a deer, and they'd be at like at 40 yards, and you just see him like step into someone's driveway. And I'm like, "Should I shoot? Like, what if there's a dude on his porch?" behind and i let this arrow fly and it like hits off the driveway ricochets hits this dude in the leg i was like i don't feel i don't feel safe doing this this is this is kind of wild i always think of like okay who what kids are playing in the backyard right now and are gonna be outside and this deer is bleeding out running full sprint across their backyard watch a homicide scarred for life yeah yeah and <sighs> jumps in their pool <laughs> <laughs> yeah just fills the like are you liable for that stuff yeah, all those little things that happen. I don't know. I love when like Lee Ellis and the Seek One guys are in the stand and like someone that gives them permission is like, Hey Lee and he's like sixty yards away, like waving at him and Lee's like <laughs> Yeah. Like, hey, this is still hunting. Like you still need to be quiet. No, I would do it. I think it'd be fun. Just something. I I, I don't know. High fence man. Yeah. It would take a lot. So wrapping back to, pub, uh, to public land, how many years have you been hunting it? Like altogether, probably six, seven years. Really? Okay. Like, so when I was younger, that's all we hunted was like the, the core land. And I didn't know anything about mapping. Didn't know anything about you even being able to hunt somebody's land if you ask them. I thought, like, my head was so just kind of, like, funneled in. Like, I thought this was the only place in Missouri you could hunt was this piece of public down by the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the first thing you look for now that you've hunted it for a good amount of time? What's the first thing you look for? Like, whether that be map scouting or you just say, hey, I'm going to go try to, I'm just going to go explore. Like, how do you go about it? So, like, water is a big one. Like, if I see water on like on my um, hunt wise, then I'm like, okay, I need to go out there and look at it because even maps got it all day long. Like, Oh, this will be a good pinch point. Like, Oh, this would be a good funnel. But sometimes you get out there and you don't read something right. And it looks just completely different than what you thought it would look like. And sometimes it's just not like not going to be the best spot for you to hunt. So like what I do is I will just find pieces whether I am going to ask for permission um, or going to, I don't get a lot of permission. The only permission I get is to access public from their land. Um, good but I'll just put pins like, okay, this looks like a good spot. Just looking at the elevation, um, the draws, like I said, pinch points and funnels and water is kind of one of those like big things. If I can get all of those within like a decent radius of each other, then I'll go to that spot and be like, okay, we find a good tree where I can see a ways out or if there's a trail in here or whatever around here, the deer will do one thing. Like in the very beginning, you could have see the same little button buck like for a month. And then you just don't see any deer 
ever again, like right there. Hmm. Like it's, it's, it's weird. And I, pressure has got a lot to do with that because people come in and well, like I'll hunt it early season and then I'll come back after I've been somewhere else, like during the rut, I'll come back and there's just guys all over the place really, everywhere. So just my first opinion, you got to get you on the ground to go look at something yeah, and just put you a pen or somewhere looks good. Like if you just know anything about what deer, just a little about what deer do, put a pen where that looks good on the map and then go out there and look at it. And if it looks good, don't go back in there until your hunting season, leave it alone. No reason for you to keep looking. Do you run like any cameras or anything like that? No, nope. you're a man. You're a real I was about man. to say, I need motivation through the season. <laughs> yeah. And I make all these videos and about not, I see a lot of deer, but it was just, I was in my head too much. So I wouldn't shoot certain deer and just not a mature buck that I wanted to take. So I know I'm doing something right because I'm seeing deer. It's just, I'm also unlucky. Like if you want something to go wrong while you're hunting, come hunting with me. I guarantee <laughs> you if we hunt for a week, at least two of those days, something will go wrong. Like, like last what? year I example? drew back on a, a big old mature doe. Like I was so surprised she even came in. She came in like 15 yards. I drew back. My release broke. Oh, no. There just like plopped into the ground. I go and I get my, she ran off of course, but I go and get my bag, no spare release. My good Lord. So I just sit there for a few minutes, let things kind of quiet down because she took off, start walking out, have a, have a buck jump across the road. As soon as I get out, I spooked him. Like good night. So I had to go all the way back home, get my release, came back and there was somebody else who had pulled in for the evening hunt. I was like, that was one of those days where I just like threw the shit in the truck and went back home. Yeah. <laughs> Some days you just got to call it quits. And I always have little things like that happen. Like I forgot broadheads or I forgot my release or forgot the binos. It's not important, but binos are amazing. Especially when you're like hunting a new spot. Just so you can see stuff you don't see normally. I so. feel like that's everybody like early season though. Like no one's in. No one's in like the high gear where it's just like, okay, everything's like habit. Now you load up all your stuff. Like you make sure you don't forget anything, but it seems like the first couple sits, it's like, I always forget something, whether that be like, like you said, the release or what really sucks. And I, and I did it a couple of times. Uh, I got a piece of private that I hunt a, a few miles from my house. And I don't know how many times I went back there, brought my bow and all this stuff. And it was before I, uh, I got my new bow. And so I used to put my quiver in my backpack well, I'd walk all the way out there to the stand and realize my quiver's still in my truck. And it's just like, well, damn. So you got to make like the walk of shame all the way back. And it's just like, I know what I did wrong. Yeah. I, when I go out to the woods, I like, it's like when you're leaving your house to go to work, you got your phone, your keys and your wallet. Mm -hmm. Like those are your main things you need and clothes. Like, like obviously you're dressed, but phone keys. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I go into the woods, it's like, okay, I've got my bow, I've got arrows, and I've got a release. If I forget something to climb a tree, I can sit on the ground. Mm -hmm. If I forget cover scent, just you should be playing the wind anyway. Like those, your basics those things, like you should be covered. And if you, if you rifle hunt, it's really easy. Just make sure there's brass in your gun. And I mean, you can wing it from there. Yeah. Yeah. But Is no, I don't run cameras. Um, I've always wanted to. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know why I don't like, I, I wanted to buy something this year and do it. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go out there. Well, like, you're right probably now. already ahead of the game because like, if I get a good picture of a buck on camera, I'm like prone, like where I feel the need to hunt that spot. Even if it's like not fired up or whatever, like that area isn't fired up during the rut or something like that. I still hunt that spot. Cause it's like, well, he was here two weeks ago, so he might make a show yeah. again. So like, I feel like it's a, it's a good thing, but it can also be a very bad thing. If, if cell cams were like cheaper to run, I think I would go with those. Um, and honestly, what I do is like, I'd put it up, let it soak for a couple weeks and, or, okay, it's cell cam, so I wouldn't, but let's say normal camera. I let it soak for a couple weeks. I pull it. And if I'm going in there to pull it, I'm probably just going to take it with me. Like just pull the camera. And because if there's deer there, I will probably go hunt it. 
that's another reason why I don't run them because I just don't want to be stuck to, like you said, like, well, there was deer here last week. Why aren't they here this week? Mm-hmm. Like I love going in and seeing sign and seeing trails and just like imagining in your head, okay, I think those deer are going to come right through here. And when that works out and they do walk right through there, whether you shoot or not, it's an amazing feeling that you just went out there the day before or whatever and put sticks up and you like picked a spot and yeah. you saw deer. Like that is awesome. What you're describing is being a woodsman. And that's what yeah. a lot of people aren't doing these days. You know, and I'm not great at it. Like, and, that's my whole deal on why I started like doing this stuff is to put like the relatable, like not everything goes as planned. Like you watch all these YouTube videos and you listen to all of these podcasts or whatever, and stuff just does not go like that all the time. Like there's very few podcasts. I mean, your guys being one of them where like you hear the stories of stuff not going right. Like, you know, I screwed up. The wind shifted on me right in the middle of the hunt. Like, I'm, I guess you consider me a woodsman, but I'm not very good at it. I don't have the experience that some of you guys have, but I still see deer. Like, just stop thinking so hard about it. Do you see deer sign? Set up somewhere. Like, as long as your wind's good, just do it. Just set up. What's the worst going to happen? You're not going to see deer. You're not going to see if you just keep on walking. <laughs> all that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did last year. I was just moving around so much. Like I'd put up a spot and be like, oh, there's no deer here. I'd leave, go to a different spot. Oh, there's a little bit of sign. I'll set up here. No deer here. I just got way into my head. Like I'm going to find a handful of good spots to hunt this year and just hunt, just sit there and hunt and figure out what is and isn't working and then move on to the next spot in a week or whatever. I think a lot of times we like give deer too much credit to like, you think like, Oh, they're thinking about this or they're analyzing me. I'm like, no dude, they're worrying about drinking water, eating and having sex. Like they're not that smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like big bucks obviously are cause they can, you know, they live a long time, but at the end of the they're day, aware. They're, yeah, they're aware, but they're, they're still just, they're still just animals, you know? Yeah. They're, they're smarter than turkeys are. And never, I've only killed one turkey in my life, but Turkeys are very aware and deer are aware. Deer have a little more to their senses as far as like their smell goes, their hearing, their sight goes. But if you can beat, like, especially if you can beat the nose and just sit still until they aren't looking at you, I mean, you're, you're good to go. Like, don't wear your tennis shoes that you wear into Springfield or into the city every day to go hunt. Like, Put on some shoes that you don't wear into town and walk around and like your yard or your dog goes to the bathroom and has just a bunch of weird scent on it. Like, like I said, don't think too hard about it. Just, just go out there. Just have fun. Yeah. That's my biggest thing is just learn something. Like you don't see deer. Why didn't you see deer? What was the reason? Take that. Go to the next spot. Figure that out. Don't do what you just did. <laughs> do something else. That's pretty much it. Don't do what you just did. Yeah. And you just unless do that all you, season. Unless you kill a big buck, then do that again. Do that but same thing if again. You, if you buy this dope piss, it'll help your chances. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I got That's a good one for you. If you buy this sick of gear, dude, you'll kill more deer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't knock. Okay. I like sick of gear, okay? I do too. So, Sitka is just, I don't know how much you guys are like into guns, but they're like Glocks. Everybody's got all the cool kids are doing it. Everybody uses them. They work, but it's just one of those things. I probably will never buy it. I've got first flight sitting in my car right now. Like, okay. So the way I put it and, and like, I'm not like a huge advocate for Sitka. Like everything I bought, I think I bought like two items and the rest, like my girlfriend just got me for like either Valentine's day, birthday or something like that. And, uh, Oh, where was I going with this? Okay. Yeah. I would compare it to like, like a tree saddle, right? Like, would it help you? Yes. Is it, is it more, I don't know if it'd be more comfortable than a climber, but, uh, but like, is it more efficient? Probably. But ultimately you can do the same with either or whether you have real tree camo or Sitka camo or whatever the desert of brands are. 
yeah, and then there's a bunch of them. And like my Sipcat, like they don't have great camo patterns. First of all, it's all science. Like I don't know if you guys, I don't know who did the video, but I think it was Brandon McDonald on YouTube. Um, he does a bunch of deep dive stuff. Like he'll buy all the new bows every year and shoot them and say, this is why I'm not shooting this one. Like, this is why I'm picking this one this year. But he did that with like Sitka and First Light and stuff and Sitka First Light and like Kugu, I think that's how you say it. Like they're like a scientific pattern of camo. Like it is like science from the deer's eyes on why you get broken up from like that certain pattern. Hmm. So, you know, and where I hunt and where you guys hunt, it doesn't get like super cold. So I don't need like something that keeps me good to negative 20. Like I can, I can still buy Walmart camo and make it through. I might be layered up. Like, Look like the Michelin man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the exactly. joke we always have is, is like if someone's like super bundled up in the morning when they don't really need to be, we always call them like the Michelin <laughs> man. It's like, okay. Yep. But no, I've got some first light in, um, their base layers are like really good. Um, but I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to buy just one piece at a time. See if that, I like that's it. how you have to do it. At least that's how I had to yeah. do it. It's, it's, it's so high. Stuff's so expensive nowadays. It's just, it's getting crazy. Like, you can't go to Mickey D's for out, not double digits. Dude. So the other day I went through there and I was like, you know, I want to get me. So call me what you want. I don't care. Their caramel frappe, chef's mm. kiss, right? So I went and got a large one of those and a large fry. I was just like, you know, something sweet, salty, snacky, you know, go through there. It was like 11 or 12 bucks. And I was like, <laughs> I remember five, six years ago when me and Christian went and bought like eight McChickens with the quarters we had in our cup holder. Yeah. And it's just like, what changed? I mean, obviously inflation, but like, that's just insane. A large fry and a frappe. 11, 12 bucks. And it's just like, mm -mm. yeah, I remember we like some of those mornings you'd wake up and like you're running late to the woods or you like, didn't get your breakfast made or whatever. And like a McDonald's breakfast burrito just sounds so good. Mm -hmm. And like, like you said, you could just grab quarters out and get yourself two or three breakfast burritos. And now it's like, I don't have enough cash to <laughs> pay for breakfast. I'm going to pull the debit card out and I'm gonna be shitting in the woods, but hey, it's still good, and I'm still gonna buy it every morning. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for uh, them to be like, "Dude, you want to make four payments on this meal?" And I'll be like, "Well, how much is it?" Yeah. <laughs> well, anymore, you can go like sit down somewhere halfway decent and eat a bigger and better meal for ten or fifteen bucks more than going to fast food joint. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so easy. We don't eat out that much, but sometimes it's just easy. Oh. That's what gets me the easiness. What a, so what do you got planned for, for this year? Obviously we're going to shoot a couple deer in, in Kansas and, and then Oklahoma, and then we're going to come to Missouri and probably you could drop. You're going to show pins. us around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, what, what I, are you really going to get up to? <laughs> so, um, I'm getting married the first week in November. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So November 5th, no, I'm talking about the marriage then, part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we will be in the Dominican Republic the week after. So, like, uh -huh. the the prime hunting time going to be gone. So, basically, you I, get brownie points up for the next, like, three years. No, we'll, we'll hunt your spots. Her. We don't want them to go bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't want the deer to expire, you know. Yeah. Make sure they get used. Um, no. Uh, I got lost, lost track there. But I'm going to try to hunt around here a lot. Like, just. I've got like probably 10 or 12 spots within like three hours of me that I'm just going to, I've got a few good spots that I'm going to try to either get like a early season buck on or like right before I leave or to be a good spot for like late season. Like when I get back, um, going down to Texas to hunt with, um, tough Huffman, um, the Texas public, he's got a TikTok. So he's got some land out there. So as long as we can swing like, as far as time frame goes, I'm going to go down there for a weekend. Um, but mostly just around here. Like I'm not going to, I'm not the person who, like, I take it seriously, but I just like to be out in the woods hunting. As long as the weather's not bad, I'm just going to go for it. 
I'm only using my bow this year and from here on out probably. So I'm not going to be super picky. I'm not going to take like a little spike or something, m- maybe, depending on how I'm feeling that morning. Yeah, I was about to say, it's always it, yeah. it's always that big talk, you know, during the summer and then early season. And then you get like midway through November. And it's like if anything comes out, I'm slinging an arrow. Well, and I'm shooting does this year because we lost all of our meat. Our freezer went bad last oh, no. year. And we didn't know about it because we hadn't eaten deer meat in a while. Be honest. Did smelling. you just leave it unplugged? We have no deer meat. Like we have maybe like two or three pounds of like ground deer. But I told her because she's she killed a pretty good buck uh, four or five years ago. So she's been kind of picky about what she wants to kill. And she killed a doe last year or two years ago. I told her, I was like, you need to kill some does this year. Like, we need to get some stuff in the freezer, get some stuff packed up because I want to just be able to grab some deer meat out. But nope, not take anything too seriously. Just going to have fun. Try to find some new spots I've not been to. Just, just bow hunt. Just enjoy it. That's what I'm talking about. Sounds like the way to be. So where can uh, where can people find you if they wanna if they wanna just watch your your daily TikToks or your Instagram or any of that sort of stuff? So it's HuntWorks and it's Hunt W R X. That's not how you say it. Everybody they always make fun of me for it. It's like do you drive a Subaru? No. <laughs> But uh, just Hunt Works on TikTok. Uh, my name is Brandon Sanders, and then Hunt Works on Instagram. I've got a YouTube, but there's like just reposted, like three reposted TikToks on there. Hoping to get that up and running here in the next couple of weeks, just just for fun. I don't have a fancy camera or anything, so. But yeah, that's where you can find me, and I just do kind of relatable, goofy. Don't get offended by anything. Don't take any of it seriously. <laughs> it, it's all for fun. Like it is just for fun and just to kind of get people to know, like that everything's not perfect. I'm, I'm new, newer to this. I'm newer to bow hunting and like, I still enjoy it. Like it's still fun. Just getting people out there doing stuff. That's awesome, man. Well, we've really enjoyed watching your content and connecting with you. And I'm glad that we finally (laughs) got to jump on the podcast. That was fun. We'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, I, I hope it went okay. Like I said, I've not. Oh, I just great. feel like we're on live. Like right now, just kind of BSing around. Like if I was a little bit smarter, I'd uh, maybe give you guys some more information. But hey, we don't know anything either. We're just all yeah. trying to struggle through and just help each other. Just like a deer camp, I, I always tell like we just need to get like all the guys together. Like we'd have one hell of a deer camp. Like, <laughs> That's right. And Missouri is kind of in the middle of everybody. Like kinda you think is. about it, you just can't film like, there. That's right. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, but yeah, just I mean, you got guys in Pennsylvania, the East Coast, up up north, like no bunch of people. I'm like, guys, Missouri is kind of in the middle. I can do the. I don't have to go very far. I know some camping spots. It'd be fun. But yeah, let me guys know whenever. Um, let me guys let me know when you guys are up around here. Ever up around here? See if we can get together or something. Just go shoot or whatever. Yeah, for sure, dude. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.